we had another one submitted in advance, which was, what are some effective ways and questions I can use to advocate for myself in a medical setting without shutting down the conversation? Kind of related. It's a great question. It's a great question. Um, we often feel like we are imposing in a medical setting or when we don't just when we don't necessarily we're not necessarily disagreeing or sometimes we are but we just have questions and often people come out of these difficult conversations with lots more questions and they wish they would have asked questions they just didn't know the best way to ask the question um accusations audit accusations audits are the best way to um to disagree and and bring up questions you're probably going to think that i didn't hear a word of what you just told me. Would you be opposed to me asking a few questions? Um, especially if your accusations audits are wonderful if you don't want to necessarily go with the advice that's being given. Um, and that's when you should make your accusations audits a little more uh, in depth. And these are just preemptive labels. You probably, you may, you might, you probably feel like I am, you know, a, disagreeable parent. You may even feel like I, I'm never going to comply with what you want me to do. And then just keep going with your accusations audits. Um, are there other, would you, would you be opposed to giving me other options that um, may be beneficial in this situation, in this scenario? Or would you mind if I get a second opinion, whatever it might be? Um, go ahead, Don. I was, I was going to say, yeah, remember remember to make it about the other side as well, because your medical provider, uh, I think all of them nowadays are fighting against the internet because of course everybody comes to them and they give a diagnosis and how many people have already researched stuff on the internet and wanna, wanna fight about it or wanna disagree with it. So many times I think they enter these conversations with their defenses up and I think it's worthwhile to explore that with them with, you know, the simple labels like Marcella's talking about. It sounds like you have a lot of experience with this condition or it seems like this is a pretty unique thing or see what kind of information they have that they're not telling themselves. We all hide information, even your doctor. And in many times it's because they don't know that they are. They've never really given it much thought either because they've seen so much of it that they've smoothed out the experience and kind of blanketed everybody with it, or because they don't have a lot of experience and they've just got two or three sources that they've drawn from and they're, they're going off a, a really small sample. So be curious, ask them, you know, what their experience with it is, that kind of thing and see what, uh, see what they've got going on in their minds and allow them to do some self-discovery or give them the grace to have time to research it. Yeah. And we have to remember, like you said, they're, they're having these conversations every day. And um, so when we ask these questions, they hear these same questions all the time and asking them in a way that gives deference to the other side is allowing them to know that you still trust them and you're not being combative with them, you're just needing more information. Um, so it's a great way to to guide. Um, someone brought up actually in one of the questions, I don't know if um, Gabrielle is gonna pull them up about starting with low stakes, right? Where these are the one of the highest stakes conversations that you, we might have. And so we really wanna, this is a language that we wanna speak 
um, that we fall back on in these settings, um, but we want to speak them every day. Speak, you know, start them in conversations with family, with your kids, uh, getting coffee, um, because when you really, really want to be able to navigate and use these skills, you're going to fall back on what you've already done and the practice and the neuro pathways that you've already paved. So remember to start sm small stakes, not in these settings necessarily. Start every day. Um, Gabriella, do we have any questions? Any other questions at this point? Yes. So another question we had was, can you provide specific examples of using calibrated questions to empower hesitant community members to contribute their perspectives and ideas? Yes. Um, so that's a great question. Um, and what, so one of the things that, um, just from speaking from experience during the pandemic, um, we actually, I, at the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, we started a online Zoom for Hispanic members of um, with cystic fibrosis who are often unrepresented and don't necessarily feel comfortable speaking um, in uh, you know in a medical setting because they don't feel that they're being understood or can communicate as well. And so, what and how are the calibra calibrated questions that we like to use? We don't like to use why. Uh, remember to start with what and how. Those are thought provoking questions. Um, you know, how would you like to proceed is a great one. And I know it's simple, but it's a, it's a wonderful way to kind of get someone else's vision. What are your thoughts on A, B, and C? Uh, and then just listen is the biggest part of this because they're gonna give you information. And that's when we add other, we sprinkle in the other, um, the other skill sets like labels and mirrors to really dive deep into why they feel that way and what the world looks like from their point of view. And they're going to give you much more information about themselves, which is um, valuable information um, for as a team member or as a provider or as an advocate. It's a great question. So one of the things about the calibrated questions to me is, and this, this actually happened to my wife yesterday, she was at at an event and after the after the meeting she turned to one of the one of the guys in the event and says what are you doing after this after this meeting is over and she hit him with a calibrated question his first response was why what do you what's, what what do you need and i started laughing because i said there you go their immediate response is how much more work are you going to put on my plate or why are they asking for this? What is their ulterior motive or what, what are they saying? So we've gone more to labeling. Label sounds like you have a lot of work to do after this is over and they're going to just immediate response. No, 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 no. I got time, free time. You know, why are you asking? And then they'll want to know and, and it's more of an immediate response versus thinking about why are they asking me this question? And is it something that I'm going to want to do? How much more work is it going to add to my plate? So we've gotten away from more of the calibrated questions, even on our team. If we have to talk in the afternoon, we have an afternoon session. We hit each other with more labels because when we hit each other with calibrated questions, you're fatigued and you're not thinking clearly. And the last thing you want to do is have to think about your response. Yeah, 